be a goose. Crack open the wine. Hello. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Butler's podcast. Get with it. I wasn't quite pace. ready because you keep Straight telling, out of the traps. You've been telling me to calm down for the last five minutes and behave myself. Well, you're getting distracted and telling me off. And I don't know why. Um, <laughs> you just you're need to focus on, on the subject in hand. Okay. And there this... was like a Formula One start for me there. I was away. I'd almost <laughs> oh, no. finished the sentence before you'd even woken up. because it's lunchtime. Yeah, I can hear you <laughs> rumbling. <laughs> so today, this week, we're going to talk about sparkling wines. Oh, sparkling <laughs> wine! So, bit my bit my face, bit my own face. Um, yes, aren't we? Yes, because sparkling, sparkling wines are genius on all levels. Genius, and everyone should drink them. I think. I think there is a definite increase in people's interest in sparkling wines at the moment. And I think they're going to suddenly take off. I think we've had a couple of rubbish years. Everyone's had a few rubbish years. So people are looking for opportunities to celebrate. And okay, sparkling wines tend to go um, become celebratory drinks. Yes. Some people, if you really like it, drink it all the time, just as their wine of choice. But they are often associated with like a, a birthday or, in fact, a jubilee. Oh, yes. See what I did here? Yes, but we'll we... talk about that later, though, won't we? Oh, yes, we will. With your royal invite, you probably got one. <laughs> I wish I did. So we did a tasting of six sparkling wines the other day, and that made us think, well, we should probably explain the differences between some of the, the major ones that you see. Not so many of the curveballs, just, just keep it simple, Cassie, and stick <laughs> with the basic styles of sparkling wine. <laughs> Can we do that? Yes. Okay, so what do you want to start with? Okay, so the I guess the main difference is in uh, the production of sparkling wines would be that some are made in tank and some are made in bottle. Okay, so the tank ones are made in big bulk, litres and litres, done in batches. For example, Prosecco, which has to come from the Veneto region in Italy. Anything outside of that cannot be called Prosecco. And they make the wines to be very fruity, very simple, not complex wines, not uh, biscuity or toasty wines like a champagne. So to do that, they make it quite quickly, two fermentations in a tank, and then they bottle them up. Um, And so you end up with quite large bubbles that disappear quite quickly. And the style is very fruity, very upbeat, clean, simple, easy to drink. Sweeter, fruitier. Often can be yes, as opposed to the champagne. And hang on, oh. hang on, and they're going to be a cheaper price point. Cheaper price point because, because you're being, you're making larger num large numbers quickly, quickly, <laughs> and it's not labour intensive. You're doing everything in bulk. So Whereas traditional method wines or method champenoise. Yes, they have, They also have two fermentations and the byproducts of these two fermentations are bubbles, but everything happens in the individual bottles, um, which are looked after in the cellars for a long time. Champagne, non-vintage, minimum amount of time it's going to be in the, in the cellar is a year and a half. Someone's going down there, turning the bottles around and looking after them. And uh, there's a lot of care, a lot of attention, and you're probably blending in several different vintages, which you have to hold the stock of, etc., um, And it has longer contact, the wine has longer contact on the dead yeast cells and the sediment in the individual bottles. And that's what gives you 
this autolytic character, which is the toasty brioche biscuity type thing. And because the process is quite uh, gentle over a long period of time, um, you have smaller bubbles and lots more of them. And so you get a more persistent flavour in your glass. So those would be things like champagne, English sparkling wine. Carver. And cremants. Cremants, carver, sparkling wine. So they're all made in that method. California as well. Yeah. And it would refer to method traditionnel on the label or traditional method, something along those lines um, would suggest that it's going to be made in that way. Okay, and some of those wines then, which we've just mentioned, where would you see these from? So, Cremants. Cremants are from France. Cremants are from France, so they're a level up from Van Musso, which is just basic bulk-made sparkling wine. Cremant, it refers to a style that's made in the same way as Champagne, but it has geography attached to it, so it'll have Cremant de Loire, so sparkling wine from the Loire. Cremant Crem- de Bourgogne. Cremant de Bourgogne, Cremant d'Alsace. It was a, a term that was started in the mid-1970s to indicate a sparkling wine that was better quality than just bulk wine. And they are really good. They're really good They're value really good. for money. So if you don't want to fork out for English or champagne, it's a really good cost-effective way of getting something that's really well made from a good producer. Yeah, so... For, uh, in the same uh, sort of style. A champagne that we might sell would be, say, 30 quid for the Edward Bra but a Cremant from Bourgogne might be 20 quid, but they'd be made in the same way from same grape variety, so in similar style, um, so worth investigating, I would say. Yep, Carver. Carver has to come from Spain. Yes, and it comes from different parts of Spain. Um, it will use either Spanish grape varieties or uh, French grape varieties like Chardonnay and... Uh, maybe Pinot Noir, I suppose, or a combination of the two. And that's made in the traditional method as well. You can get some really, really good value carvers. I think carver is brilliant. Yeah, the land is is cheaper there. You know, champagne is a very... It's like making wine in Mayfair. The land is super expensive, and so your your running costs are really high right from the start with champagne. Um, Whereas in Spain, there's lots more space, and um, land is cheaper, so it can keep the costs down. But the level of work is is high and the wines again can stay aging in the cellars for quite a few years on some of them some of the more premium ones um but they are a great yeah affordable option cap classic south african mm-hmm. made yeah. in the same way so yeah. it's a traditional method quite expensive aren't they but but you i think they're made in relatively small quantities we don't see a lot of them over here do we so much but there are some big names that are sold in supermarkets and uh, smaller producers that would be sold in the independents and yeah good quality wines really good quality Californian sparkling wines as well yeah, where you really see nice. champagne houses set up a sort of a partner business in a different country mainly Tattinger <laughs> why are you chuckling at that because they, they own everything oh they've got <laughs> money to spend um, then okay here's a curveball for you Frangie Quarter. French Quarter is the quality sparkling wine. It's like the Champagne of Italy. Really so, good. So that comes from north, sort of northern Italy as well as um, similar to, to Prosecco, but they make it in the same way as Champagne and uh, it's priced accordingly and they would tend to use um, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, uh, the, the, the French grape varieties that are used with Champagne and English sparkling wine as well. Um, 
but yes, a lot of attention to detail and they're classy wines that can age over a long period of time. So you have to pay for that. Then we've got English sparkling wine. Yep. Because I think people really like the idea of them and then aren't expecting the price points to go with them. Yes, they have to be expensive because uh, even for big producers over here, compared to something like Champagne or Carver, the quantities are still relatively small. And the weather is very unpredictable in the UK. Very unpredictable. The land costs, you know, it's a small country, so there's not a lot of space. So I imagine having vineyards, that's quite expensive. Um, sparkling wines as well, you... you it's it's always portrayed as as a, as a brand as a as a treat as a luxury item so all of the the costs like the bottle the foil the um the wire the labeling the heavy duty glass the duty is higher all of these things are quite expensive and everything adds up and we have to import everything to the uk yes um, so the costs are high yeah but especially if if the frost comes out then it's a nightmare yeah, and the, and the English sparkling wine, again, is made with a lot of uh, attention to detail. It takes quite a long time to make it. You've got, a, you've got stock tied up in your winery for several years, um, which, you know, that's, that's not good for cash flow. And, um, but, yeah, well worth supporting. And, and we're very lucky being in the southeast of England. Um, it's going out to our friends in America who live, listen to our podcasts. <laughs> people around the world um lots of vineyards are around where we live near to us so because the weather is a little bit warmer on the Côte d'Azur of England <laughs> really doesn't feel like it today <laughs> no um, so obviously the grapes are they grow a little bit better here or easier than in the north of England and then lastly we've got champagne Yep, so Champagne is named after a place called Champagne. That's where it comes from. It's protected. So it has to come from that area in France. Yeah. Um, massive marketing, massive large companies dominate it. Um, but there are also lots of small growers, small producers that make great quality wine and you don't pay for all of the marketing budgets there because they don't have any. All of the money gets spent on making quality wine. So it's well worth seeking out or taking advice on the style of champagne that you would like you go into a shop and say maybe i like bollinger um have you got anything similar yes we have and we have and, <laughs> and then you might be able to get something that's a fraction of the price you will be able to and yeah. it's well worth getting advice and it's well worth drinking champagne <laughs> when you can <laughs> and they work very well with food as well that's, really that's well people don't realize they're very versatile they go with all sorts of food and you can get um, sweeter styles, drier styles. Yeah, to suit, to suit your tastes. So it's, and, they, and they've been pushing the brand of champagne since the 1800s, so they should be good at it now. And, and a lot of other sparkling wines are sort of catching up with champagne. Um, and the, the annoyance, I think, is that people try to, producers try to devalue champagne by dis, deep discounting it or selling it at a loss, probably... Um, or selling poor quality champagne. It's it's a top-notch quality brand, something that everyone recognises around the world. So you should make it properly and people should pay the proper price for it. You should. That's what my, my <laughs> thoughts are on that. Or don't have it at all. Do have it. Just get a good one. Save up and get a good one. Don't drink loads of rubbish. It's already talking about it. It's giving me a bit of heartburn, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> 
And then we are, well, I thought it's worth mentioning because they're super trendy, is Pet Nat. Okay. Pet Nat sparkling wines. The hipster sparkling wine. Yes, and we do sell quite a lot and you'll see them everywhere. Not really my cup of tea, to be honest, but there we go. We've got some really good ones. (laughs) So what does Pet Nat refer to, Butler, and how are they made? Petillon Natural. (laughs) <laughs> is that your That's best French? French. <laughs> it's it's sort of it seems it were, like that which which translates to okay. So the the they start the naturally sparkling. Okay, you're telling me rather than you're answering your own question. There, are you? Well, do you want to come take on this then? One? Come on then. They the fermentation happens in the bottle like champagne, but it's only one fermentation. They start the fermentation off and let it finish in its own time when it wants to in the bottle. So it's unfiltered unfined it'll be a bit hazy and it'll be light sparkling with a crown cap on it because the pressure won't be a double fermentation so it'd just be like more like towards a beer, a beer. um <laughs> <laughs> so they scripted that and uh but it's a traditional method that particularly was used in france from the 1600s so it's been around for ages called ancestral sometimes is it um in le mou and the uh, loire valley uh, they they tend to, to be natural wines, sort of naturally made, minimal they intervention, do, do unfined, tend, unfiltered, yeah. organic. And producers will say, "Well, this is this is. Well, I'm not touching the wine. This is how it they're not out. always natural, though. No, and they and can be quite funky. So there's extremes of something that you would never guess is naturally made in that way to something that tastes like cider. And because they're made individually in individual bottles. Um, fermentations will be slightly different, so the wine can res- be uh, taste slightly different from bottle to bottle, whereas a, a large brand of a sparkling wine will want to achieve consistency of flavour so that every single bottle you open of Verve Clico, for example, tastes the same. Not my favourite champagne, that. I used to drink that all the time. Widow Clico. You're rich. <laughs> uh, but pet, that's when pet I was nat, a student I was pet nat is yeah it's lighter lighter fizz and you open it with a waiter's friend and it doesn't Who? sort of froth over who's your friend if you find a waiter's friend <laughs> he, will, he, will, he or she will open the bottle for you <laughs> okay quick fire round what do these words mean on oh, uh, sparkling wine labels I think oh. it's useful okay. when buying yes. if I don't know we can look we it up we do know okay. brute Brut is a term um, describing how dry the, a sparkling wine is. It's a French term, and it'll measure the um, residual sugar in the bottle per litre, and it'll have some parameters. So to be able to call it brut, it's maybe, let's say, somewhere between 5 grams per litre to 14 grams per litre, I would say. So if you're looking for a dry, dry wine, look for brut. Yes. Demi-sec. Demi-sec is um, half dry, so it's it's sweeter. So same conversation as we've just had, but the parameters will be higher. The, the residual sugar will be higher. And it won't taste super sweet, but it will de- definitely taste sweeter. So it might be, I don't know, because I couldn't be bothered to look it up, but say 15 <laughs> grams to 28 grams per litre. So that's the one that you would have with your fruit dessert or a little bit of cake. Okay, what about nature or brut nature? Brut nature is um, bone dry, so everything's fermented out and you're, you're near to zero grams per litre and that could be really hard work, but 
sommeliers like that sort of thing in Ponzi restaurants. I think they're great. We've got a great carver and the um, got a good carver. English Sugru. But English Sugru is, is lovely. But that they're very, both very drinkable. A lot of them can be so lean, I think, and ungenerous with their flavours that I sort of think, what's the point of drinking this? It's That's like why you need sport. to take advice on it then, don't you? I think you probably do, yeah. Um, okay, and then I guess that leads us into when might you drink sparkling wine? Well, <laughs> you, you, you're um, thinking about the Jubilee, because I know what you like. You've got your bunting, you've got your suit. I don't know why the like new season of The Crown jack. is now. <laughs> Not everyone's into the Jubilee, but lots of people are, and it's hard to avoid it. Um, no, you might you... not be into the Jubilee, but I'm sure everyone's into a long weekend. So again, yeah, a Thursday and Friday yeah, off points. work, paid is good all round. Good point. And, Not and it, that it affects us because we'll still all be working as normal. It's, it's a <laughs> national day where there's a collective energy and why not focus on, or gives us the opportunity to focus on English sparkling wines. Yes. Or English wines in yeah, general. Yeah, so but... we, uh, we think it's a good opportunity to support local, basically. So yes. we're doing the Queen's Jubilee in the UK, so drink some English fizz. Yeah. There's loads not? of producers around. I think... Any, anywhere in the UK you could find someone nearby. We're really lucky in Sussex because we've got everyone around us. It'd be good if all these producers did a discount and did a deal for us, wouldn't it? So we could make everything a bit more affordable. <laughs> I bet they're not. Well, they might do now. Yeah, I bet they're coining it in. <laughs> but we have some recommendations of producers we like, don't we? Yes, we do. Who might they be? We would go for Ridgeview, who are based in Ditchling. So they're really, really close to Brighton. I would, I think they're probably the closest to us in Brighton. Yeah. Then maybe. we've got Sugru. Yes, Dermot. Dermot uh, Sugru. Great winemaker, and great character, Anna. great person. Yes, they're both really lovely, aren't they? And make fantastic wines. Yes, uh, Wiston really Estate. Wiston, yes. Who are over in West Sussex. Dermot is still making the wine there. Yeah, he is it's for that. now. Yeah. We've got Rathfinney over in Alfriston. Yeah, so. large estate, making good quality wines. And um, they make a really nice vermouth, don't they, as well? Yeah, and a, and, and a gin. gin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah. if, yeah, sort of gin, gin it's and tonic. a cocktail with gin and sparkling wine, isn't it, probably? Can make one, can make anything. Isn't that called cool? a cowboy punch. something? You, think you put a little bit of mint in there. Gin really? and some fizz, I think so. I don't know. There's heady days in Blanche House. Oh, God, I don't remember hotel. any of those. Uh, yeah. I don't remember ever leaving Having that place. Lovely cocktails. So, yes, Rathvenia, great. And then how about Breaky Bottom? Excellent wines with some bottle age and named after um, local people that the family know related to their family. Um, and, and we're trying to revive. We thought for the Jubilee this year, we could revive the Kia Royale. Yeah. So you could have Breaky Bottom Cassis. Yeah. If you can find it, we do wine. have some um, blackcurrant liqueur from East Sussex, which winemaker Peter Hall bottled himself for us and labelled it recently because I keep nagging him. I must say as well, if you're making a Kia Royale, don't make it look like Ribena. You really only need to <laughs> barely cover the bottom of the glass with your cassis. Unless and you want it, it really sweet and fruity. No, because you don't, because then it's rubbish. <laughs> it's a silly drink. It's like a that. good drink, though. Yes. It's got a perfect name. You can get some cassis, you can get some English sparkling wine, and you can have a right royal knees up. <laughs> you can. That'd be great with some lovely food, fish and chips. 
So what a way to celebrate. So I think we've covered all the bases there. Have we not? I think Probably we have. Not. But uh, Enough chat. Yeah, let's go and get some lunch. Okay, see you next time. Wine. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Bye. Ciao, ciao. I hope you got all that. Doodle pit.